Welcome to VitFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. VitFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Mullineau. For more information about VitFriends, you can visit us at www.vitfriends.org or you can call us at 844-374-3639. VitFriends Podcasts are sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So today I have a very unique show. I want to talk about vitiligo and our health. I know a lot of times we talk about vitiligo, but we never really have those conversations about how vitiligo impacts other aspects of our lives and how sometimes we have other conditions that impact our vitiligo. So I have a group with me. And we are going to get into our discussion mm-hmm. about vitiligo on our health. So I'd like to welcome everybody to the show. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. Nice to be here. Thank you. Um, and if you want to mention who you are, you're welcome to do that. Um, I just, I did not want to put anybody's name out there. They didn't want to be on the radio. So you're welcome to say, hey, this is who I am as you're speaking. And, um, but I would like to go ahead and kick it off. And um One reason why I wanted to have this is I was talking to the panel before I started recording. You know, I live with other health conditions. You know, I have vitiligo, but I also have severe allergies and I also have asthma. And those things impact me in different ways than just my vitiligo. Because, you know, when it's hot, like here in North Carolina, today it's almost 100 degrees, but the heat index feels like 111. So that means my breathing gets heavier. We have a lot of trees and grass and everything here, and I'm allergic to everything that's out here in nature. So there are times when my allergies create issues, which that affects my asthma. So when I have those challenges, you know, at that point in time, I'm not thinking about my skin. You know, I'm thinking about, can I breathe? You know, and that's what I kind of want to talk about, uh, some of the things that we deal with and how it affects us. And then we'll talk about ways that we cope and manage, not just with vitiligo, but how do we cope and manage with our conditions? So I'm going to put it out there um, to the group, and it doesn't matter who speaks first. Um, I will kind of identify people. If you look at the screen, and for our listeners, you can't see what I'm seeing, but if you look at the screen, there's a hand. If you press that, I would acknowledge the person who has the hand up, and then we'll go, go from there. But my first topic I want to talk about, how has vitiligo impacted you let's say mentally and physically i know that's 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 a lot (laughs) yes michelle you go ahead please mentally um it messed with me a lot uh going through my transformation but like um only until later because it deals with you mentally because you're worried about the change that you're going through the disfiguration, how you're going to be accepted, you know, and and a lot of people don't feel if they're not going through it, they don't think that it's important or that you really have any issues until it happens to them, you know, and even with dealing with vitiligo, anything that is not considered the norm, it deals with you mentally. And that's why we had so many that had suicidal rates as well. Because if you already didn't have enough confidence to fight, even when you were bare skin or plain skin or what the comfortability would be or the stigma in this world today, if you were, you know, mild-mannered, you didn't have anything to deal with and then all of that comes at you, it deals with mentally, physically, you know, so that that's a, a lot until, again, like I say, until you learn to love you. So once those things happen, it doesn't really mess with your mental. It, it's just basically accepting what you're going through. And that's not just with vitiligo. That's with any, any disease that happens to attack you that you have to deal with, with, you know, other than the norm. So. Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. That's, that's absolutely true because everything affects us in some form or fashion. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I, 
even want to add for myself with um, vitiligo. Mentally, yes, it, it affected me mentally. It made me, I would say, emotionally unstable because I found myself being angry a lot um, in the early stages up until about 2019. Now, it doesn't affect me as much emotionally, but in a physical way, it makes me still want to hide at times, you know, um, meaning I want to hide my skin. I don't want to wear, like today I had no choice. I had to wear shorts. It was too hot to wear jeans. But that comfort level sets in where I feel, mm, I don't want anybody to look at my legs, you know, or I can't hide my hands because I would have to wear gloves to do that. Um, I, I do have the benefit of having facial hair where you can't see my mouth, but there are times where, you know, I still feel insecure. You know, it's not as strong, but there are those times I feel insecure. There's those times I still feel anxiety um, around people I manage it, I walk through it, you know, I, I take on that challenge, but it's not always easy. Um, and, and, I, and I think it's a different journey, of course, with every person, um, depending on where your vitiligo is or where it's not. Um, does anybody have any, anything else they wanna add or say about their journey or how having vitiligo has impacted them maybe mentally and physically, you can say emotionally too. You can say my name. It's Dawn. All right, that's Dawn. Hey, Dawn. <laughs> Hello. Emotionally, it, it's been okay, but just here a couple weeks ago, my fault. I'm multitasking. I'm on the prayer okay. line. <laughs> okay. Because just here a couple weeks ago, I started getting my uh, my color back under my left eye. And it was okay before then, but now, for some reason, I started walking, and I tend to walk outside, which I got to protect my skin from the sun that's a that could be an emotional toll because i love to walk i love being outside but i always have to hide my skin from getting sunburned because we burn easily than most others so it, it it's ups and downs i have my some diet some days are good some days are bad but through it, i still got a positive side on it because i just think of vitiligo is god kisses him to me and it, she's he's showing me love each and every day with all the kisses that I have on my skin. So I have good days and bad days, but mostly good days. But then I also have the Villago family that, hey, if they can get through it, then I can get through it. And if someone else is going through it, then my story sharing with them, they can get through it too. So that's a, it's a flip-flop, but it's all, it's all positive. And I just think right. about my song, Good Morning Gorgeous. So every time I look in the mirror, I have to say, Good Morning Gorgeous. That no matter whoever or whatever someone may say or someone may look, because they know the tenant look at us crazy, I'm still gorgeous. And if you're gorgeous in, in, on the inside, then you're also gorgeous on the outside. So that's me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great way to look at it, too. You know, we, we do have to think positive. And there, there's those times we slip, but it's always that reminder. You got to think positive about your journey with vitiligo and, and the income and outcome of it, you know. Michelle. I just want to ask, how long have, Mark, how long have you had vitiligo? I've had it since about 1995, 96. And um, I just posted something on my page talking about it. My vitiligo is, is it's interesting because I, I, of course, we don't understand it, but it started off kind of slow. It progressed, I would say about 98 or so. It progressed, but then it's repigmented. So uh, one side of my arm, I don't have as much as I used to, but the other side, I'm starting to get more spots, bigger spots. But then on my legs, since the pandemic, I've repigmented, but now I have what's called confetti. And it's just little spots all over. My my feet are still white. Other parts of my body, there are spots. Uh, my hands is, you know, are multicolored. Now, around my mouth, it's been the same since... 95. It has not moved any, has been the same. You really can't tell because I have facial hair. I can cover it, you know, but once I cut it and I've mentioned it on one of my podcasts, it just looks like I have the white mouth the whole time, you know, and I have a spot on my neck that's never grown any bigger. Um, so I don't know what it's doing for myself. And it's interesting because I've met people that has, they, they just started with their journey and they have lost so much pigmentation. So I don't get it you know for me having it for so long and 
this is how much I have, not as much as others. And then I met somebody, you know, they just started their journey, let's say six months to a year, and they've completely almost depigmented. So I don't get it. I don't understand it. And the doctors don't either, you know. But everybody, that's why I say it's an autoimmune. Mm-hmm. Everybody's body, no one is the same. You right, know, absolutely. Everybody's body is totally different. And what it's fighting with, you know, I could be lacking in iron. You might be strong right. in iron, you know. Absolutely. So when it's, but it's right. just, you know, we don't know. Everybody is has Absolutely. a different origin within their bodies. And now at one point when I did start using Protopic when I first started, but I think mine, mine truly right. deals with stress. When my son was killed last year, and I look at pictures from last year to now, I've lost even more pigmentation. Right. So stress is a big thing for me. And I can tell because I start to itch, but I just start scratching, Right. you know, and I think whatever it is, is going on in my body. And then, but I don't even look, I don't even pay attention anymore. If I don't take pictures, I'll never know because right. I just get up and I go, you know, I don't care anymore. Right. And so, you know, Dr. Rich and them, they want me to go because it shows the dots is showing that I could read pigment, but I don't want to go back through that, you know, right. because I had repigmented. Um, I was using protopic, that's what I was saying, um, when I first met Dr. Lim. And in six months, my whole face had repigmented except for wow. around my lips. Right. And where I first started, a dot right on my temple. Well, I think it started internally and then it pushed to the outside. Right. So um, I repigmented, but I work in a plant. And if anybody knows anything about an automotive plant, um, you know, it's yeah. not only stress, it's toxic, you right. know? So within the past four years, I have went, I, I think I'm probably maybe 90%, wow. you know, I just have tags that I hope don't go anywhere. But that's why I was explaining to someone we were talking. You think that stress, you think that when you say stress is you worried, oh, oh, no. but your body right. internally knows what's stressing you out. And it's right. And that will do that, you know. So it, it, it's just it, it's just I was just wondering how long you had it or anybody else that's on here. How long did you have the LIGO? Yeah, let's do that real quick, and then we'll go to Madeja. Um, Michelle, how long have you had yours? Um, I've had it now 22 years. Okay, okay. Um, Dawn, how long have you had yours? All my life, but it All your life. Okay. And Jeanette? Um, I had, I, it started 2001 under my eye, but it fully developed 2015. Since wow. 2015. Okay. Mareja, thank you. Jeanette. Almost 10 years. I can say. About 10 years. Okay. And Lavis, I know you're here in support of your son. Can you um, let us know how long has he had his? He's had his since 2012. And yeah, so since 2012. Okay. Okay. So all of us, for quite some time, I, I would consider it quite some time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> some of us longer than others. Uh, let's go to Madeja's question, and they will circle back around or response. Yeah, no, I just want to add that, of course, when I was diagnosed with vitiligo, I was worried about what is going to happen, you know, how, how I am going to deal with it. It's going to spread. It's not going to spread. But I have to say that I was more worried about my family how they are going to handle this because uh, you know uh, with us uh, people living with vitiligo know that uh, that the support from your family is, is very important so i was very worried because by that time my son was like seven years old and i was very worried about how will he will be reacting how will be he will be coping with his mom having vitiligo about stirring about question from his classmates and I have to say that uh, I was very surprised how he re his reaction 
was and how well he managed the situation. And I have to say that it helped me a lot about uh, accepting this condition and, and about dealing with it. Right, right, absolutely. And we're going to circle back a little bit later more about um, the ways we cope with uh, vitiligo and other conditions. Um, anybody else want to share about um, vitiligo and impact on themselves or others that you know? Like, Lavise, know your son. Can you share a little bit? Sure. And actually, let me correct myself. He was 12 when it came out, and he's now 20, so eight years. Okay, okay. So my my son um, was bullied, um, and with him, it was just, he wasn't expecting it because he, he's been in a Christian school all his life. And so um, when that happened in sixth grade, it, it just came out of the blue for him. And I didn't realize how bad it was until January. Um, and so then in May, my niece was getting married and my daughter was the flower girl. And we looked all over for shoes and we found him Payless and his legs are out. And it's like, what is wrong with your legs? And I didn't know what it was. We just saw little white spots. And my brother-in-law is a physician. And when we went to Pennsylvania, I said, what is that on Derek's legs? And he said, oh, I think he has vitiligo. And I'm like, Villa, what? So, um, of course, what do you do? You Google it. And we went to a dermatologist and he was diagnosed. Uh, the first thing I did was get him hooked up with people his age. We had just missed the first um, children's retreat through ABRF, which is basically just children uh, retreat. And we got him hooked up the next following year. So for him, because he was he was young enough and because we got him around children um, that looked like him, he responded, uh, he just responded really well. And then I thought, you know what, he needs to see the other side because right now it's just on his legs. Um, so then we got hooked up with Andre from the Chicagoland area. I live in Kankakee. I'm from Chicago, but live in Kankakee. And so we hooked up with Andre and then from that, from the friends. So then we went right. to that conference in 2018. And so he saw the other side of the adults with vitiligo because before then it was just the, the children, his peers. Um, I will say that um, for right now, his, his whole legs, his, his feet are, are totally white. His hands are mostly white. He does have spots on his face. I remember as a mom, as a mom, I think I took it a lot harder than him. And I remember praying, God, please, I, I just don't want it on his face, you know. And then when it started on his face, I fell apart because, you know, I didn't know how he was going to be treated. And so he helped me because he was fine with it and has continued to be fine with it. And now that he is 20, like he, he has like definitely like on his, his lips there. If you ever see pictures of us, you'll see it like on the, the sides of his lips. His ears are, are kind of white. Um, it is, um, it was, it was going active and now it, it stopped um, with his face, but he continues to do extremely well with it. And I'm like, Derek, are you sure? And he's like, mom, I'm cool. And I really do think it's just because of the people that he was around this really helped him on his journey. Absolutely. And that's important, though, to have a good support system, um, whether it's family or friends, coworkers. Um, I, I, I think back to the 90s, um, around when I developed vitiligo. You know, we were just coming into the internet, really. You know, it was, it was Ask Jeeves and all this stuff. So it wasn't a lot of information for me at the time. Uh, the only person I knew was Terrell. But I still didn't know a lot about vitiligo. Went to, um, got diagnosed by a local dermatologist who, you know, I hear people talk about the black light that they take it and run it over. He didn't do any of that stuff. You know, he sat across from me, not even close, looked at me, walked out, came back, told me I had vitiligo, his prescription, and that was pretty much it. There was no education, no information, except for the pamphlet. But, you know, I left kind of wondering, like, well, what does it mean for me in the future? And, and we're going to get into the stress a little bit later. And I think for me, it, it's a lot of it is how you manage um, what's happening with you, what's going on with you. Um, like I said, I, I internalized it. And, you know, I, I, I dealt with those angry 
moments. Angry because I'm looking different than I used to. Angry because, you know, I have friends that I, I felt um, as I'm starting to change on the outside, they were no longer as close. Um, and then I've gained some friends that, you know, one of my buddies now, he's like, look, I knew somebody, I grew up with somebody with vitiligo. So that's why I, I never had any issues. And there are other people that I, you know, went to college with that we don't even talk. Like, it, like, and it makes me wonder, like, wow, what happened? You know, and I mentioned this on another podcast, you know, being in a fraternity. You know, I have frat brothers and all this stuff. You know, we give the grip and all this mess. And I've had a guy come up to me and he act like he didn't even want to touch my hand. I, I couldn't get a handshake, you know. And, but that bothered me more than anything else. He could have stared. I, I, but I think sometimes as men, we shake hands as a form of, you know, greeting, you know, and when you get that weak handshake, it, it's a sign of disrespect, you know, and I could tell he was more afraid of my skin than anything else because he didn't know. And, um, and I think that's how people see us, what they don't know, they fear. And I, and I feel like back then, most people feared vitiligo or any condition that you saw on the outside, you know, because we didn't have, a, we had the information there. We didn't know how to access it. Let me put it that way. Because now we have access to information. Everything's available. There's so many different websites, so many different ways you can get that information. Um, so many avenues. But let me stop talking. Let me go to Jeanette. If you will share, please. Because I'll talk all day. Sorry. <laughs> so you can see I'm not talkative. Um, I don't know. I, I'm... I like people to ask me questions. I don't just talk. Right, um, right. So if anybody has any questions, well, just well, how did when your vitiligo started? I, I guess the big question is how did it affect you? Um, oh, I was scared. I was didn't know because when I first the one that was under my eye, it didn't bother me. But right. 2015, when it just exploded, I was working at a um, a factory um with um diesel and we thought it came from that so i went to wilmington made an appointment went down to wilmington and um he looked at you know he looked at my face oh you have virilago i was like okay um i can give you some cream okay he's still not telling me <laughs> right so and then you know, walking around, and I didn't know nothing about Durblin or any kind of makeup, so I'm walking around, and people looking at me like I'm crazy, and I'm like, some of my friends left me because of that, and then, like you said, some, I end up getting more friends, you know, and I had a um, a classmate of mine, she had Vera Largo, she was in the seventh, I was, no, she was in the ninth, I was in the tenth, so I knew a little bit that she had it, but I didn't know the history of Right. about it so I mean I have my downs and my ups and my insecurity you know I still have that and um if it's not for my husband and my family and then when I found out my grandmother on my biologicals um father's side has it but I still sort of I stay in my shell you know right right it's it's hard it's hard it i i don't tell nobody i always say oh i'm okay i'm okay you know right right you know so i just i don't know i'm still learning i think so. we all are you know it, it is a learning yeah. experience um and, and i'm gonna share this being at the conference this year mm -hmm. i had such a great time but there was a time where i had to leave the group just to get myself together, you know, because right. it, it was a bit of anxiety coming on. Right. I don't like right. I don't like big crowds anyway. I don't and <laughs> you know, and although we were all family, I said I've got to escape. So I will go up to the room for about an hour and watch a little TV, you know. And yes. then I'm like, okay, let me go back down because I'm here for the conference. I'm here to socialize right. with others, get to know other people. Right. But I still have those moments, and and I think having vitiligo like my my anxiety i've always mm -hmm. had it. uh it's the social anxiety but it's weird because i could be on a stage i could mm -hmm. be in a big production or whatever mm -hmm. and i'm good but if i have to go in the crowd that's where my issue happens 
I was I I can deal with the crowd, but once I got the Verilago, it was like like even when I go to church, it's like if I go anywhere, I have to put a mask on because that right anxiety, you know, and that you know, and you hate for people to stare at you. You hate, you know. Sometimes I'm confident. Sometimes majority of the time I'm not. So right, every right. time I walk out, especially with this pandemic, I throw on a mask just just for the heck of it. Right. <laughs> You know, so yeah. And before I used to be so socialized with the members of the church. Now I clam up. I just sit there and wait on my sister-in-law and my husband, and I'd be ready to go in the car. I don't know. But you know, um, and then well, we're gonna um, transition a little bit. But I think what would help us too, if people take notice that we feel standoffish or we feel like we don't quite fit in. But I think people are afraid to approach us to see how they can help us fit in. You know, they wait for us to come to them, but some of us with Vitiligo, we're not going to do that. We'll do it with other people with Vitiligo, but we might not join that crowd. And then we have some people who are extremely confident. They'll they'll go into any inner circle with no problem. But that was one of my things. I often felt like I wish like some of my friends would have just brought me in and be like, hey, come on, let's do this. And that didn't happen, you know, when my vitiligo was at its worst, that didn't happen. It was pretty much, oh, we did this last weekend. I'm thinking, why didn't you call me? Oh, we did this. Why didn't you call me? Oh, I see all the pictures on Facebook, and I'm thinking, I'm right here. Like, I didn't know any of this happened. Then one of my buddies, um, the guy I got to know better, he was like, man, let's go do this, Mark. And he never thought about vitiligo. He never mentioned it, you know. So I, I really think it's a lot of the crowd that we deal with, the people we deal with how they feel comfortable because not everybody's comfortable with us. Not everybody's comfortable seeing that our skin looks different. Some people are amazed at it. Let's be honest. Some people are fascinated with vitiligo skin. Um, and that can turn us off as well. That can push us away because now you're in this personal space or or my, my like you said, you, you, you like to be closed off sometimes and people get in that space and that makes me back up even more. And people don't understand that, but it's not for all of us. Some of us don't have those issues, you know, just to be honest, you know, some of us are very social. Some of us are introverted by choice. Some of us are introverted by vitiligo. Um, and it's different. Yes, LaVise. I think also what helped my son too, was that when he got his vitiligo, we of course changed schools quickly. Um, and then we were at a, a Christian school, so the setting was smaller. Right. And then because he wasn't someone who who got it and then it progressed to all over his face, it grew slowly. And so I think that that gave people like it, it didn't it wasn't as obvious because it didn't grow fast. I think if right, he was right. someone and it grew fast or if it was more visible on his face. That I think that that has a lot to do with with everything that goes on with people too. So I think that you have to take into an account. I think Michelle said that everybody is so different, and I think it just depends right. on where you are. And then, I mean, my son that was two thousand. I can't keep up, guys. I think it was two thousand and fourteen, two thousand and fifteen, where it was starting to become more visible because of the model. Right. Um, and so it was starting to become, you know, people were starting to become more aware of it. Um, I'm a pageant queen. And so that became my um, my platform. And through that, we saw more people who had vitiligo. And so I, I think that that's a, a lot of it, too, is that now you got models. You have people on commercials. I've opened up an Ashley Stewart magazine. He has a sister with vitiligo, you know. And that wasn't probably around when you were coming, Mark, or even Jeanette or Michelle. It, it wasn't. I that, and I think that that is also a factor for how my son is doing so well with his, because he is ours more visible. Right. But I also feel like this is a different generation we're in. Um, people are more accepting of differences now, nowadays. You know, we see that with, you know, you when you watch TV with, you know, everything from sexuality for identity, all these different things. This generation is more accepting. In the 90s and anything before that, it was not. You know, if you look different, walk different, talk different, if you have a different level of learning, we've made fun of people, you were picked on, you know, all these different things that we grew up with. And 
Yeah, I just think the times are so different. So, yes, our kids that are growing up with vitiligo, I feel like they are going to be more supported and loved than most of us were as adults, you know. Um, so he is in a good place, and that's good. Um, now we have to get the adults to feel that we're in a better place. Because, really, that's the challenge. Um, I saw that at World Vitiligo Day. The kids, during their session. The kids, you know, they mentioned, I don't have that issue. I have friends. I, I go out, you know, I do this. People love me. They accept me. And I know there are some exceptions, you know, where you have kids that are bullied. Yes. But I think some of the major issues with vitiligo, if we look at it, are the adults. Because we've lived our lives, most of us, a certain way. And then you hit 40, boom, now you look different. That can be devastating. You know, and I can't speak for everybody, but I would say if I had vitiligo when I was a teenager or younger, maybe as an older adult, I would learn how to deal with it better. But I don't know. You know, it 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 is different. I, that's what, and I, I'm seeing Michelle shaking her head. Yeah, I don't know. I said maybe for me, but I struggled with it, you know, for quite some time. And a lot of people didn't know because I didn't tell them. And that, that thing of I'm good, I use that a lot. Um. But I'm thinking for me, maybe if I would have had it earlier and had that support. But I'm thinking about that was the 80s and 90s. That was a different time. Yes, Michelle. But you have the support now. Yeah, I have the so support now. I, yeah. So, but this is, I, I just, and, and I, I just need to hear this from you. So you have the support now. Looking at you, and oh my God, you're going to say the same thing Steve told me. He said, looking at you, I see nothing wrong, right? Once we stop looking at this, see, we think everybody is looking at this. Right, absolutely. You, you use the F word lightly. Everybody isn't your friend just because they're around you. Right, absolutely. You don't know why they were around you. If they were truly your friends, they would still be there because they love yep. you. Not for who you look like, but for who you are. For who you are, absolutely. Exactly. If you, them, if you lost them, if they walked away, they were supposed to walk away. Right. Because they were nothing but leeches holding on to someone. Right. Just for whatever it may be that you could have given them at that time. Absolutely. So there's nothing wrong with no one that I'm looking at on this on the screen. Right. No one. But see... And I mean that with everything. And I'm not just telling you something just to say it. If you don't accept you, Absolutely. why should I? So when you say, you know, you have the issues of people, there's nothing wrong with you. You're a handsome man. But only until you walk in it will they see your life. If Absolutely. you keep walking around with your head down and thinking everybody is looking, See, that's in you. So you need to inter interject within yourself. You got to feel that. See, the energy. The Absolutely. energy. Yep. But it starts with you. There's nothing wrong with you. And I'm telling you, if God gave us this, because I promise you, nothing happens by chance. If God gave us this, it's to show people this does not define who we are. Absolutely. So you have, to, you have to own it. It don't matter. There's nothing wrong with you. But right. you, you have to convince your own self of that. You know, Michelle, you're absolutely right. And I've said it many times on the show, on my podcast. People are going to love who you are on the inside. You know, yes, we know what we look like on the outside. We know what other people see on the outside. But yeah, it's who we are on the inside that matters. And that's what shines, you know. Yeah, I had that issue before 2019. After 2019, I'm good, you know. Um, I, like I said, I still have my anxiety around people. I don't like a lot of people, you know. And that's just, that's always been me. Um, but yeah, when it comes to vitiligo, I'm fine, you know. Um, like I said, I... I'm going to tell you with it, and, and that love and acceptance for me came from the students I work with. You know, working with children gave me a different outlook because these kids, I work with kids with special needs, and I watched 
kids that I had a child that couldn't walk. He was in a wheelchair. And as I'm working with him to build confidence, I'm watching him live his life. And I'm like, hold on. This is around 2019 before the pandemic. And I'm going, if he's living his life and he has limited, you know, mobility, um, why am I having issues? You know, why am I feeling like this? So for me, my turning point was 2019 when I'm looking at myself in a different way. And that's when I came to the support community to say, you know what? Things, I need to do something different. You know, it's time for me to live my life. And that's why I, I call this podcast Living Life in Love because that's what it's about. We have to live our lives, you know, but we also have to be able to tell our stories too because everybody has a story to tell. And it's good to, I, I say for some of our new members, and I say new, people knew the vitiligo, um, to hear some of these things that we've gone through because, you know, if they don't hear that, okay, I went through this, but I've conquered it, or I'm learning how to live my life and enjoy my life, then they're not going to get that, those tools they need, you know, because sometimes people think we just instantly pop up and we've accepted it. Some people have, but some of us, it's a journey to get there, you know, and you're going to have those bumps and bruises. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And then you have to decide, okay. And like you said, love, love is about loving yourself. And I always mm -hmm. say that, you know, we are our greatest love story. So yeah. like Dawn said, you're looking at mirror. That's who you got to be in love with. Yeah. And, and just like you're saying, when you're shining your light and when you are being all that you can be in your life, other people take notice, they'll see it. Yeah. And um, we have a thing he said, he said, oh. you know, and we know, and you can see where different ones are saying, well, what, how can, and, and I was reading the feeds in the, in the community. See, everybody isn't going to go with us on this. Right, right. We're like another, just another. I mean, it takes, but one thing that is, stays prevalent with me now, and what Steve, and, and I keep referring back to him because I take him as a great mentor, right? Um, everybody isn't going to go with you on this, but... Right. They will see us by our actions. And once we still, we promote. But see, just because I'm talking this way, I wasn't always like this. It took me over Absolutely. 10 years to get to be this. See, I didn't know that I didn't love me. So everything that I'm telling you, those are my testaments. Those, that's how I came through that fire. And so I know, because every last one of us that's on here, we all have the same testaments. It might be a different scenario. We all have did that, felt that, been there, done that, cried, why me, all of that. Mm -hmm. We can say Absolutely. the same exact things. But it's only when you can accept it. And like he said, everybody isn't going to go with us on this. Right, right. You can tell people, well, what about vitiligo? You know, I put up because... I'm an any for lifer. I love New Edition, Riz and all of them. And when I told one of, I, I was telling the DJs, I was speaking out to people that I know. And I said, and I know people in the music industry. And I said, I want y'all to support me. Some did and some didn't. And some was like, well, I just want to do this for Michelle, but you know, I mean, hey, you know, and they did it. And I had to understand. They did it because I asked, but when they did, you know, and sometimes they can't come out and say, because soon as they say something, then they next, they think the next ball coming. So can you support us? Can you give us a, can you write us a check? Right, can you right. And they know that that's not me. But when they say that, that's for me. But then other people will start coming at them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when they wore all purple, I was like, I'm so proud of my fellas. I can't wait to <laughs> I'm, I'm squeeze them to death because even if they didn't say it with their mouth, I know. Right. You know, and some of the DJs that, I, and that's something that I want to use as a campaign, as a campaign for all of us for next year. Because when we go to Atlanta, it's all of us. Absolutely. We're, one. We're not separate. So we're going to rally behind that. And 
for now you have 11 months, 11 months, whoever you know, just get them to say, record it. Say, hey, happy World Vitiligo Day. Vits rock. I don't care what it is because the more you can put it and the more they see, when we talked to the FDA and we were telling them and they said, well, what can we do? I said, why we can't have a commercial? We right, need right. to be seen. In order for us to get any kind of recognition, any, why would they want to give us something if they've never seen us? They've seen the scientists, they've seen the researchers, they've seen the doctors. But we, it's not all about the money all the time. You want to get the awareness and the education because none of them are educated. Yep. Hey, but once yep. they do, it will come. But we're one unit. And you know, and Michelle, I, you said something that's very important. And I hope at some point we were amend what we call it. We say Vitiligo Awareness Month, but the education part is the most important part. 55 days out right. of the year. Because people are aware of the condition. They see us. They know what we look like, but they don't always know what it is. And, they don't. Yeah. And that's something that bothers me because I, I and, and it bothers me personally because I feel like if Nike's going to use a model as vitiligo, but down at the bottom, they have Nike.com, why not a, a QR code or something that we can focus on to get information about what vitiligo is? You know? Well, because um, you're dealing with money, though. I, I know. You're dealing with money. Yeah. So, yeah, it, and that's it, advertisement, it, just like I told you how NE did. You understand? Yep. yep. It, it's to show they're trying to say, we, we don't discriminate. This is beauty because they look at it as art. But right, it's still right. to bring them up. But like I said, everybody's not going to go with you on this. But you right. lead by your actions. So the more they see, then it's up for us to educate. And, and that's what we're doing. Uh, I'll say this even with the podcast. And I'll be right with you, LaVisa, in a minute. Um, we got to put the information out there. Um, even if we're just posting on our personal pages, because we have a lot of friends that have no idea about vitiligo. So I'll post stuff and I'll share things. And I think we have to do more of it. But also we have to find a way at some point to get these companies to understand that we're more than just your, your cover model, you know, and it may take some time. But that's um, the world. That's the yeah, world. It is. That's why we're not accepted because the world or certain high class, I mean, you know, the people that have the money, they're the ones who depict what's beauty right, you can't right, absolutely. Tell what beauty is but that's what they did and if you didn't fit in that box you was considered to be beautiful so a whole lot of stereotypes have to be changed it's not gonna happen right. overnight no it's but not gonna happen overnight um but i do feel like our organizations and um and i say all of our organizations not just one group but that includes you know gvf and my bit of yeah. Lego teams and insight collectively Correct. we'll start getting that message out there, you know, to people and like our, um, even the conferences, you know, the more we have it out there, the more people see the more they know. Cause you know, I've had people say, I didn't know y'all had a conference. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have one, you know, and it's information being put out there, but if we're not showing it to the general public, then it stays within our circles and we have to start putting that information out to everybody. Mm -hmm. Let me let me jump to Lavisa's um, comment and then we'll move around again. Yes, Lavisa. No, I was just thinking. I was, I I'm an AKA, so I'm getting ready for my blue lane. <laughs> and so it was just, it was really interesting. Yeah. I'm there, and um, someone is telling me about people about being not repigmented, and I'm thinking. Okay, how can you tell me about vitiligo? Because she was like, "Well, you can't be repigmented. People can't be repigmented." And I'm like, "Yeah, they can." But no, they can't. And I'm thinking, "Lady, you are a beautician in this beauty shop. I don't know anybody in your family that has it or anything else." Because I was talking about it with my my beautician. But it's interesting what people think that they know and they don't know at all. Right, right. And I and so it's so interesting that this is what you what we're talking about when you guys were talking about earlier that, you know, some of your color came back, 
because it does happen. And so I think that that right. does come with education and awareness. So the next time I put something up and post something, it will be talking about that so that people are aware that it can happen. So. Absolutely. And, and that's the one of the medical mysteries of vitiligo. It, it will do its own thing when it wants to in its own time, no matter what we think we're doing, you know, to help it. I don't care how many treatments we have. If vitiligo wants to repigment, it will. And when you stop the treatments, it can come back stronger or may stay, you know, and, and talking to some of the doctors, they don't understand why they're still doing research to figure out why. Um, real quick, we're going to move forward a little bit. Um, just talking about vitiligo, um, since we are on the topic, um, has any of you ever experienced any type of reaction to any medication or anything you've taken, whether it's over the counter or something to prescribe to you that maybe has major vitiligo spread or maybe you've had a concern about that i haven't i haven't used yeah. it. i okay. was too, too lazy to apply uh, makeup let alone use medicine right well not even vitiligo medicine just some medic medication in general you know any adverse reactions because I've, I've heard some people say well i've taken this medication or i've had this shot or i've had this and my vitiligo seems to spread um, so I'm just curious if anybody on the call here has experienced anything like that. I did use some suntan lotion. No. And and I'm thinking it, I, when I after I used it, like a couple of days later after I used it, that's when I seen my ring my repigmentation start coming back. And I that was the only that's the first time I actually used it. So I'm actually thinking about using it again just to see where somewhere else right. it might show up again. But no. Mm -mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't had anything like that. Now, I do think uh, when we talk about stress, you know, stress, not necessarily stressing over situations, but stress on the body. I think for me, um, when I have an asthma attack, uh, when I turned 40, mm -hmm. I saw more spread because I feel like it was severe strain on my body. You know, I, I and it wasn't just a severe attack where I had to, you know, just take my hair. I had to go to the hospital. Um, and I found there was more spots, but then I feel like after I got things under control, that's when the repigmentation started on my left side, left arm, right arm. It's, but it went from my left arm to my right arm. So it, it I don't understand it. I don't know it, but, um, I do feel like sometimes what we're dealing with, and I'll get to you just a second, Jeanette, um, that can for some people cause more spread because um, it is that that your body's trying to function harder um and i often wonder like when the weather's like it is now and i have an asthma you know if i'm trying to well i don't like to stay out in the sun like that anyway but if i'm breathing harder does that affect the way my pigmentation is working or my body's fighting my pigmentation i don't know because i'm not really looking at my spots to see i'm trying to get out the heat um jeanette no, the only thing, um, I know you was bringing up stuff that um, I was wondering, does anybody get like rashes and stuff? Because um, I know I get a lot of rash and I didn't know if that was from the beer lago or is that just from something else or what? What I've heard at um, World Vitiligo Day, there was some gentlemen talking about their vitiligo and one mm -hmm. man did say he got, he had rashes and he mm -hmm. wasn't sure what it was. He was out in the sun a lot and he mm -hmm. thought it was just sunburn but he said his doctor told him it was vitiligo. So mm. I, I don't know. Uh, I've never experienced any rashes. I get yeah, the itch. I just get them out of the blue, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Mereja? Yes, I used to have a lot of rashes. <laughs> I am very allergic to. Uh, I also may have like a, an asthma attack. And yeah. not because running or something like that, because of an allergic reaction that to an asthma an asthma attack okay oh, okay I'm allergic so yeah, i have to be very careful with whatever i'm eating or yeah. my body because it reacts very you know, perfumes i have to be very careful with that i develop rashes or my my skin just turn very uh, red mm -hmm. just uh, things that are normal for right people, right but they are actually not normal for me <laughs> oh okay so I'm not the only one, yeah, because we was trying to figure out why, where are these rashes coming from? No, so, I am rashing myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, people may look at me, uh, what happened, but 
yeah, it's, it, I am very, you okay. know, I, I can say that my skin is very sensitive. Yes. Mine too, yes. Yeah. Now, it, I wonder, and, and let's, let's talk about the emotions and vitiligo because, like I say, when I developed my vitiligo early on um, in the 90s, um, I dealt with a lot of anger. Just, I was angry man. And I found, found out when I got angry or upset, I felt that then I got the itching and maybe spots. And I did recognize that, that, okay, if I'm angry, I'm mad at somebody. Like, I'm talking about mad, mad. You know, you really mad. Spots you know, the stress of it. And I did talk to my doctor about that. He said, you know, stress will do a lot of things to your body. He, he said, besides vitiligo, you know, ain't, um, um, he talked about acne. He talked about, you know, people developing pimples. He, he said, but then it can create other issues internally that can cause more harm to your body. But, and he talked about anger. You know, he talked about the emotions that we feel whatever we're going through sometimes makes changes within our bodies and i'm thinking boy you just don't know i was i was an angry dude i was going through a lot of stuff at the time too uh particular 2000 around 2000 2001 2002 just a lot of stuff happening i just know i had to look at things differently i had to approach things differently um that's like now i try not to get mad you know i do my best learn how to walk away from things um although people will still push your buttons but um and, and I and I must say I've done pretty well um, for, for several years not to get mad, you know, address the situation, let the person know how you're feeling, but not get to the point that my being mad turns to anger, you know, and that's something totally different. But I saw, you know, worsening. Has anybody experienced it just with your emotions for anything, you know, whether it's sadness, whether it's happiness, any type of spread or anything different? I have um lately I've been emotional because my baby brother just passed away so it's I'd be a little upset or I'd be so angry and I can get to itching and you know and yeah my emotions been going roller coaster right now because of that so I understand what you're talking about on that um but I'm trying to control it but it's sort of hard it's very hard um especially when you have death in the family for someone that you practically say that's my child you know because I'm the oldest you know so yeah that that's emotional is no joke it's no joke yeah. um I know Lavise had to step away um let I, I'm gonna switch gears again because I want to honor everybody's time and first of all I want to say thank you to everybody for being open to talk because sometimes you know in the community in our community we don't like to talk um about what it's like to go through vitiligo sometimes we do but there there are times we keep things internally and or internal within our communities and not really share and one thing i like for the general public to understand these are some of the things we deal with some of the things we go through and when people say oh i understand it no you don't always understand what it's like to deal with uh, or to live with vitiligo um, and, and as we mentioned, some other conditions that we may deal with, people don't always understand it if you're not living it, you know, or going through it for the moment. So let's talk about ways that we cope when we are, um, not just, not just vitiligo, but anything that we are living with, anything that we may see as an ailment or a disease or a challenge, what are some ways that you cope that brings you joy and happiness that makes you not think about these things? I think that's important for our community to know that there are some outlets that you can do and use instead of always dwelling on whatever it is that you, you are dealing with and including things that might bring you pain. You know, what is, how do we get past that? What are some things we do to get past that? Some tools that you have used. Prayer and therapy. Prayer and therapy. Very important. Yes. Yeah. And I've had some therapists on, on the podcast before to talk about the importance of therapy. Um, there's a gentleman I'm trying to bring on too. I've had three ladies trying to bring this gentleman on so the men can understand it's okay for us to talk to a therapist and talk to other men and get these things out. Cause you know, you know how we are. We don't like to talk. I, I like to paint. I draw, I write. Mm -hmm. That helps me through not, not just the bad times, but even when I'm just thinking a lot, it helps me get my thoughts down. 
I know with me, I have hobbies like building um, uh, model cars and building dollhouses. And I even started doing crochet and then just hanging with family, you know, they keeping you with your spirit up and my grandkids, you know, so that's what helps me. Yeah. But plus prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Marija, I'll be right with you. I like the fact that you said building these model cars and things. It's therapeutic. People don't always understand it. I will go buy me a Lego set and build. I might take it apart later, but just to build it. Yeah, just to, it's, yeah. it's that therapy. Yes. You know, um, it's those moments when you're sitting by yourself and mm-hmm. you're just into it. And, and and that's very good. I'm glad you said that because, you know, sometimes in our community, we, you know, we, as adults, we're like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. No, Anything I'm, that's going to bring you peace. It's helped. Exactly. It really does. Absolutely. Mareja? Yes, I I really think that whatever we can do that that make us uh, feels better is worth it. Uh, I used to go to the beach. I used to do exercise. I even something that simple as like call a friend and say like, hey, can you go with me to have a coffee or something and just talk about whatever you know. Uh, that makes me feel like that, that's my time. I, I even can go by myself and just uh, sit down in any coffee shop and just have a coffee and take that time for mm-hmm. me and read about whatever, whatever it, that makes me happen in, in that moment, I think that we should go for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, I'm going to tell you what's funny because um, I'm going to put this out on the air. My, my friends probably think I'm nuts. I go and eat at restaurants by myself all the time. I don't care. That That has helped me get through a whole lot. First of all, pushing through my anxiety. I walk in a restaurant, how many? How many people do you see? I go here all the time. One restaurant I go to all the time. Now when I walk in, they already know. All right, we know what you're going to order. We got you, you know, here's your seat. But it's therapy for me. You know, it's my quiet time with myself. I can sit and read, relax, watch the TV. Um, I don't even go to the movies. I do matinees. Nobody's in there. Everybody goes to maybe the two o'clock, three. No, give me that 11, 15 show. It might be four people in that movie theater. And I'm going to sit far as away from them as possible, but I go enjoy myself. You know, we have to be able to, Michelle, we talked, you mentioned it early. We have to love ourselves and we have to enjoy our own company. And if we can't do that, well, how do we expect other people to, to enjoy being around us? You know, um, laughter is important, you know, Although we're not going to talk about the world of the Lego Day comedians, but laughter is important. You know, we have to have those moments to laugh and and enjoy our times. I'm going to be honest, working with kids, they make me laugh all the time, except when they're not listening. But when kids will say off the wall things and you just got to enjoy it. And they ask me a lot about vitiligo and it gives me an opportunity to teach them, but I do it in my own way. I, I, I joke and, you know, I, I make up stuff and they're like, for real? Yeah, I have buried treasure. And I put my hands together and show the kids. I say, can you find the treasure on the map? They're like, it's really a map. No, but to me, that brings me joy. You know, I love being around the kids because they're so free spirited. You know, they, they still have their issues as kids trying to learn how to play together, but they're just, they're just enjoying life. And we have to be that way too. We have to learn to enjoy life. We know it gets hard. We know we turn on the news, it gets depressing. We see all the things that are happening, but we also got to be able to smile and laugh and say, you know what? Life is good. You know, we're here and we have a mission. As Michelle said, you know, we were given this gift. Um, Not everybody sees it as a gift, but once they get to that point, they realize, you know, they have something that people are curious about and you can educate them, you can teach them and they learn to respect it. And then they learn to appreciate it. You as a person, wow, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, talk to me, I'm a person, I'm a human being. Yes, I look different, but I'm a human being, you know. Um, Michelle, you have anything you wanna add? Just ways coping and getting through like good things. Well, if anybody is on my page, I love music. Music to me is food to the soul, you know, and so I surround myself, you know, with good people, good music, but God is always first, you know, and, and 
meditation, you know, I meditate, but to get me through, you know, I meditate, but music, that's just something for me. And if it's live music, you know, and for me, I'll jump in the car, I'll drive, and I, I've learned throughout the years to go places by myself, because if you keep depending or waiting on people, you'll never get anywhere. Absolutely. You know, so I travel by myself, but then the main thing is when I get there, I'm not by myself. If I go to a concert, if it's somebody I want to see and I, I, I love seeing them, if nobody can go, I will go there. But when I'm there, I'm not by myself. When I go even like this and showing all of my defaults that some may say, the people around me. I'd have met all the people around me and I'm dancing and having a good time with them and they're with me. Right. You know, so that whatever I love, I love music. You know, I don't really go out a lot to eat. I like to cook. You know, I might, you know, I go out with my sisters and a lot. I go anywhere I want to go. And when I go, I meet people and I'm always meeting someone with vitiligo. Mm. And I embrace them and you, it's just amazing, you know? So those are the things that get me through now because right, right. I don't, I don't have the blinders on. Right. Absolutely. So that's what gets me through. Now music, I, I love music too. Um, when I do my podcasts, um, I always add music to the beginning and the end and that's all stuff. I'll sit on my computer all night creating a new song for each podcast. Um, mm -hmm. I think I've used maybe two or three songs twice, but since then, everything is a new song. I listen to it. I'll make the full song. I'm like, oh, I like that. All right, I'm going to use this part. Because I just enjoy it. It brings me happiness, you know? And mm -hmm. I, and and like friends will call me up. What are you up to? Working on my podcast. I'm making music. So I could be up four or five hours working on this show, just trying to get it just right the music in the beginning, the end, do my introduction. I, I love it. It brings me peace, you know? Um, and I'm going to be honest, something that's interesting uh, for myself, and it, it's part of my personal journey, doing this podcast, it used to drain me in the beginning. I used to, I used to kind of dread it because after it was 30 minutes, after that 30 minutes, I had to go lay down because it was so draining. But now, I've embraced it. It's like, no, I'm enjoying this thing, you know? So when I'm done, I'm hyped now. I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and edit this podcast. I got to get it up, got it ready for Sunday. And I just enjoy it. I enjoy talking to people. Um, and it's allowed me to connect with people from around the world. Because mm -hmm. to be honest, we're not all sitting in the same city. Uh, I think, Jeanette, where are you located? North Carolina in Jacksonville. You're in Jacksonville, mm -hmm. been to Jacksonville once. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm in Raleigh, she's in Jacksonville. Maria, you're in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Oh. Yep. Dawn, where are you located? Indiana. Indiana, Michelle? Oh, Detroit. Uh, well, I'm outside oh. of Detroit. Outside yeah. of Detroit, okay. And Lavisa, I don't know if she's still on, but if she is, um, I think she is somewhere outside of Chicago. Hmm. Um, but I know she had to step away. But yeah, so we're going to bring this to a close because we could be on here for another hour just talking about stuff. And I, and I like the direction we went into because I had some other things on here, but we don't need to talk about it. I think we talked about exactly what we were supposed to say. So I do appreciate it. Um, and I appreciate, appreciate everybody coming on. So what I want to do is go around the group. Just one word of advice or something um, positive you could say to our listeners who are out there in this show, just to let you know, I used to say it was 37 countries, but it's 35 countries that we're hurting around the world. And it doesn't matter who starts. Um, I'll just let y'all choose. Well, I, will say, I will say to the listeners that's on here, God created all of us and he didn't make junk. We are all beautiful in the eyes of him because he made us. And so if he is the king, then we should know, you know, our father is powerful. So we are queens, we are kings, we are prince, princesses. 
to know that we are of royalty because God is our father. And if he created this whole world, he didn't make mistakes. So know that you are of importance, you are worthy, and you are loved. Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. Let's go to Dawn and then we'll just go right around. Love yourself because nobody else will love you more than you. And Michelle took what I was going to say. So <laughs> repeat to what she said, too. <laughs> Absolutely. We won. We won. We won. Yeah, we Absolutely. Amadeja. Yeah, I, I can say, like, enjoy moments. Life is about moments. And, you know, things happen to us, but it's not what happened to us. It's how we react to what is happening you know so you know keep smiling there is always there is there is always someone that is watching you and you can be the inspiration for that person so yeah be good absolutely thank you very much for those words Jeanette well they practically said everything but just (laughs) but just remember that God made everybody different for a purpose. Everybody is not the same. Keep their heads up and just just have that faith in God. And just like Absolutely. everybody else said, love their, you know, love you and just continue. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And for the listeners, you know, I always like to end my podcast with just saying that, you know, love is so important. You know, we live in a world that seems like love is faltering like it's falling to the side but it's not love is still there you know and i always say you got to love yourself you got to love your friends your family members your enemy but then of course we know love god but you gotta love yourself you have to be your own love story because if you are in love with yourself and i'm not talking about narcissism but if you're in love with yourself and you're treating yourself well and you're treating yourself right other people will take notice and I know sometimes we feel nobody's paying attention. But as Mireja said, people are paying attention, whether you realize it or not. So let's go forward and shine our light. And Jeanette, I know you want to have one more thing to say, and then we're going to wrap yeah, things up. Yeah, real quick. Anybody who has more information about it, educate it with other people for the rest of Absolutely. us, you know? Absolutely. Educate, education is so important. So mm-hmm. that's one of my goals and missions not just you know on my facebook page but on the podcast to educate people so for our listeners you know once you listen to this podcast share it out with your friends and family we have these discussions within our inner circle in the vitiligo community share it with others because it's important for them to know what we think how we feel what we go through and that it's not all bad you know we have our moments but guess what we're still living our lives and that's very important so to our listeners Once again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. You'll take care. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends podcast can be listened to on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, blogtalkradio.com, and on Facebook. Please feel free to leave us a comment to let us know how we're doing. Thank you and have a wonderful day.